Hello, how are you? Welcome back to the Catalyst Podcast. My name is Albert. Uh, normally, Eric and Amber will be joining today, but I'm going to be super brief as well. I'm not the one talking. I want you guys to really listen to what Reverend Denandria Sims has to say for you guys. Just want to give you guys that today. And I hope that it blesses you. I hope it finds you well. And I hope it allows you to burn away that false identity and gives you the opportunity to live into what God has for you. So sit back, put your headphones in, and just listen to to see and hear what God is saying to you. Be good. Peace. Being here with you all to talk about um, false identities as we tip off the what week? There we go. Okay. The wildfire week. So I have a scripture that I just want to lift up to you on tonight. Um, Isaiah 43 and 1. It says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. Um, when I think of our false identities, I, I want to just kind of label this little, my Easter speech. Can I call it the Easter speech right now? My Easter speech right now is redefining your identity. Redefining your identity. Um, when I think about redefining, um, I think about reexamining, rethinking, reanalyzing. And um, identity, the definition of identity is the distinguishing character or personality of an individual or the condition of being the same with something described or asserted or the sameness or the equation that is satisfied for all values of a symbol. And the opposite of identity is difference, disagreement, discrepancies, um, disparity and unlikeness. Now we're gonna say the opposite of that, um, of a true identity is a false identity. Is that okay for me to say that? Okay, so in Isaiah 43, I just wanna give you some background scripture. God gives the Israelites a much needed hope. Their chief identity has been God's people since he rescued them from slavery in Egypt. And he had been their defender, their shield as they had taken to the promised land and he had provided for them and fought for them because they were his people but it was an identity that they had taken for granted have you ever like you were born into something or you didn't have to or okay i had a, a godfather he was the associate principal assistant principal in my hometown so i used to get in, in trouble a lot at school believe it or not I would fight. I was a fighter. Fighter. All right. Now I'm on, you know, I'm on the Lord's team fighting the army of the Lord. Okay. Amen. So I used to fight a lot when I was in high school and I could get away with a couple more things because the assistant principal was like my God dad. He'll just come in and talk to me. Have me talk to my parents on the phone, then send me back out. And I was like, okay, I ain't getting in trouble. You know, I'm not going to get in trouble when I get home. But um, I took that for granted so many times that the last couple times he just sent me to the house and I got suspended. But even as we are, you know, a part of God's, um, God's children or sons and daughters of God, sometimes we take that for granted of us being a part of that family. Um, the people in this scripture, they had gone from a slave people to rescue people to exile people. And now they it was some that even doubted that God would ever renew them because they had messed up even so bad. But even now, God will call them by name. God would once again rescue them and protect them. Why? Because you know what? In the eyes of God, we're precious. You're honored 
And guess what? God loves you. Um, do any of you have nicknames in here? Any nicknames? Parents call you that? They can't call you that in public, right? Okay, so I have a specific nickname, and if somebody calls me that, I know they know me from Winona, Mississippi. I know they know me from the girl that was born on the west side, raised on the south side. I know they know me as the cheerleader or this and that, all these different titles that I had. So um, I'm not going to tell you my nickname because it's embarrassing. Um, but when you have a nickname, when you think of a celebrity name, somebody that you look up to, who's somebody, a celebrity that you just like? You can say it out loud. Anybody? Kendrick Lamar, okay. Hmm. Anybody else? Okay, awesome. See, everybody agree? Okay, so when you think about that person, you get excited about it. I get excited. I was just talking to Brother Man in the back back there. He got number 41, Alvin Kamara. He's my favorite football player, like, in the whole entire world. Um, you know, big ups to the guy that just um, retired, Tom Brady. But I love Alvin Kamara, and when I saw that, I got excited. So it's something that you get excited about. Tasha Cobb sing this song that says, He Knows My Name. Have you ever heard that song? He knows my name. Oh, how he walks with me. Oh, how he talks with me. Oh, how he tells me that I'm his on. You know my name. Oh, how you comfort me. Oh, how you counsel me. This is tying in with the scripture because God says I have called you by your name and you are mine. Yet it still amazes me that I am your friend. Natasha Cobb sings that. Tommy Walker sings this song. I have a maker. He formed my heart. Before time even began, my life was in his hand. And it goes like this. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He hears each tear that falls. And he hears me when I call. You see, doesn't it make you feel good when you hear that he knows my name, even in the darkest hour and you're dealing with who am I, who have God called me to be, but God knows your name. He knows the assignment that he even has on your life. What is your name? When I think about when I was having my children, and yes, I have children. I know I still look 16. Um, but when I got ready to have my children, I looked up names. I looked up the background of what the names means, the origin, all these different things, and I wanted it to mean something. But um, when we think about that, your name is actually a gift based upon relationship. It was no different from God's people whom he chose as his treasured possession out of all the people who are on the face of the earth. Not only are we a part of God's creation, but we also are each known personally by the Lord. We are his we are tremendously valued because we belong to God. And since God has redeemed us through Christ and brought us into his family, how do you think that God sees you? Have you ever made a mistake and then you were upset because your parents found out about it and you didn't want them to change your perception? You didn't want them to be mad at you about anything that you did? I remember growing up when I was young, my mom used to always tell me, my dad was a preacher. Well, he, yeah, he became a preacher when I was in the 10th grade. And my sister and my parents used to always say, God is watching you. 
you're going to be in trouble. God is watching you. So I got so upset at God watching me that I, I didn't want to be God's friend. I know that sounds crazy. I was a little girl, and every time I would go different places, like, God, quit looking at me. Like, I literally carried that with me. But um, when I decided to give my life to God, now, I was in college. I was having the best time of my life. I was hanging in with the crews. I, you know, I had it going on. As a matter of fact, I had more money when I was living in a world than when I decided to give my life to God. I had money, gas money to go to the club. I had gas money to put on drinks. I can be very transparent because I'm not who I was then. My identity has changed. I had gas. I mean, I had everything. And um, i never forget, I was at Mississippi State. Went to the W, so we parted a lot at Mississippi State. And um, I was in the middle of a club one night. I was dancing. I was looking what everybody else had on. And I was like, what she got on? And this particular club, had mirrors around it. And God said, look at yourself. He said, what do you have on? What are you portraying? And it was at that very moment that God grabs me from where I was. And that whole night I tossed and turned. This was like three, four, five in the morning. I woke up everybody in the room. I said, y'all, we got to get to church the next morning. We got to get to church the next morning. And I was like, girl, we just got finished drinking and party. We just got finished sinning. Uh, God don't want to see us. He's seeing us as, you know, dirty. So I was like, no, I got to get to church the next morning. So I got up, and they really took me to church because I kept waking them up. So they took me from Starkville back to Columbus, and I got up, and I went to service, and I went to the front of, of um, the church, and I gave my life to God. And my life was never the same. The girl that I once viewed myself was, was, was changed. God took away that bad image. He took away the way that I felt that I wasn't good enough or that God couldn't use me. God changed my identity when I decided to give my life over to him. Amen. Okay. I knew y'all had an amen in your spirit. So when um, the scripture, when it comes to Isaiah 43, when it talks about fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by, by name and you are mine. Remember who God is speaking to even in this passage. And one thing I like about the Bible, even though they have names in the Bible, or even if you go over into the New Testament, it talks about maybe the woman at the well or the man that was blind or all these different people. It does not say a specific name all the time because you know why? That could be easily you me, them, us. It could be anybody. But that's one thing I like about the word of God. The scripture says, I have called you by name. You are mine. For these people, names are important. And even with bestowing a new name, conferring a new identity and acknowledging a new character. And let me put a pen right here. When I think about a false identity, and the reason why I call this because you really don't know who you are until you learn who God is in your life. We can say we're this person. We live in a society. I'm a business owner as well. I'm a gospel artist. I record. And we're all a ticking time bomb when it comes to social media. We look at all these false narratives. We see all these different people posting. They have a timeline. You got to have five hashtags. It used to be 15. And then before it was this. You got to do this on this. Everything is so calculated on what people tell you how you are. And so so then we form our identities off of what society says we are. Come on, somebody. And that's why we have a lot of people dealing with depression. You've seen it in the media just like I've seen it. You have a lot of people that have failed relationships. Oh, relationship goals, couple goals, all these different things. And we're looking at people's roles versus their realities and who they are. But you have to really be able to identify and set a trend for yourself. 
Come on, somebody. You know we look for hashtags that already got 1.2 million. Come on, somebody. I do it. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a vocal coach, so I'm like, okay, this one is going to hit. I'm going to be on the Explore page. I'm going to be on For You page on TikTok. But why not set your own trend? Why are we following so many different people when God has sent us out to lead? <laughs> when God has sent us out to be transformers and to transform minds and show people the love of Christ. And you know what? And the best thing about it, it is so good to be different rather than living a false life. Because if you continue to live a false life, you're going to continue not being real. Um, this quote says, once you believe in who you are and who you were born to be, it can be very powerful. Even in this, God created us and God formed us. That's my point number one. God is intentional. God meant to create you, to form you just the way you are. And even at the first part of, of the verse, it was an incidental creation of God. He's always intentional, and each of us is created and formed specifically by him and for his glory. He, he, he knew you before you were even born. He even knew the number of hairs. I get excited about it because if I was excited when I was on the other side and going to the club and partying on, I cannot be a boring and dry Christian over here uh, because I know what God t brought me from. God brought me from alcoholism. He brought me from partying all the time. God has brought me out of having seizures. God has brought me out of attempting suicide three times, and he never allowed me to be wheeled away in a hearse. He never allowed my parents to come and identify who this person used to be, but because God was so gracious and said, this is who I say that you are, and every gift that God gives you, God expects you to use it, and that is your DNA. You think about our fingerprints, but what prints are we leaving in the lives of the people that see us on campus? What prints um, are we leaving in the lives of people that take classes with us, that had a bad morning, that may have had a bill doer, they're trying to take care of their family and then also trying to have a job and then come here and keep their head on straight to pass an exam? How do we treat people that we don't know? How do we treat people that may not have came from the same um, um, community that we have came from? What type of identity are we living? God also redeems us and he calls us. I love this part because um, it's a great truth. I have called you by name. You are mine. We're chosen by God. We are redeemed. Each of us, individuals, calls personally to a relationship. When someone introduces you to another person, what do they usually say? Think about it. And I think I did it on accident. My name, there was some, some of the things that we talked about. We talked about your favorite movies. We talked about some of your favorite um, foods. And you, you know about my key lime pie I ate out last night. Okay. So we, we, <laughs> we learned about all these different things about each other. So this guy says this. This is Pastor Zach. He's one of the pastors at my church. And in a public forum, it's similar like this. Let me introduce myself to you. I'm Pastor Zach McGowan. I'm a first, I'm associate pastor at First Church in Lakeland. And he's going to open us up in prayer and invocation to lead us in devotion. But then there are other occasions where they may say, this is Zach, he's Caleb's and Hannah's dad. Or this is Zach, he's Julie's husband. Or when I was younger, I was the preacher's kid, cross-country runner, editor of the newspaper. I have worn so many identifying labels, and that's true literally of every single person on the planet. But there are so many external realities that we seek to define us, and to some extent, they do. 
Those labels are how people know us, and there is nothing inherently wrong with that, but there is a danger, though. What happens when one of those labels no longer applies? What happens if one of those labels are destructive? At the end of the day, I'm Denondria Sims from Winona, Mississippi, and I'm just fortunate enough for God to use me. I'm fortunate enough to be Cordell's wife of almost 11 years. I'm fortunate enough to be Kobe's mom of six years and Cordell Jr.'s mom of nine years and Pastor James Farr's daughter of 33, 33 and a half, oh, yeah, 33 and a half years old, 33 years old. And I'm just fortunate enough to be a pastor of the great church, living out the great commission and being a campus leader. But at the end of the day, when I turn in my, when I close, that bio, I'm Denondria, and I'm God's child. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. A guy once says, remember when my cross-country career came to an end in college. He said, I had messed up my knee, and while I struggled to continue to compete, I knew that it was over. I was pretty devastated because it was one as though as large as a part of my identity had been amputated. At other times, I remember being thought of as a short kid. It became such a part of how others knew me and how I thought about myself that it changed how I acted toward others, like I had something to prove. I think that we fail to experience the love of God because we don't believe the words are meant for us to. Sometimes we feel that we're, we done fallen so far away. Can I say we done? We done done. We didn't done, okay. That we have fallen so far away from the grace that God has for us. Oh, I messed up this time, but you know what? Maybe do it over again in the morning. Ask for forgiveness. Says, you know what? God will give you a brand new mercies in the morning. I, and sometimes you don't even have to wait for in the morning. Gonna pray then. And God will just recreate it for you. Come on, somebody. Amen. We sometimes feel as though our failures or our shortcomings are the only defining factors that matter. But that is a lie. God speaks to each of us through these words. And as long as... For us to define ourselves not by any other reality, not for who people define us as. Because some of the times when people label you as something, sometimes they can be a little secret haters. Can I say that? Because people see the, you know, um, light illuminates better in darkness. Come on, somebody. So if you have the light of God and you're carrying that grace, you're carrying that power, you're carrying that strength, and people see you, not everybody is going to be excited about it. This is not no hallelujah message when I mean that. Because sometimes when you're carrying something so precious as what God has given you, everybody is not excited about it. And that's how some of the organizations and churches are feeling now because we're trying to outshine each other and blind each other when we need to be on the same team and being sent out to find those and seek those that are lost and bring them in. But I want you to know that what you're carrying is special inside of you. And once you realize and, and embrace the identity that God has given you and not a false identity, not social media, ouch. I'm, I'm speaking to the choir. I'm speaking to myself as well. Ouch. Not trying to post before somebody else do or the outfit or what you ordered off Shein or the TikTok video and make it viral and do the duets and all that other stuff. Not trying to beat each other to the punch, but know that whatever God has for you is for you. Specifically, he designed it for you. And one thing about this with your identity that God has such this great love for us, a love so deep that great that made Jesus dying on the cross. Let me pray with you. Father, you have created us and you are our redeemer. 
for all of your glory. You have summoned us by name, calling us to life in the gospel. You have given us a new name, and it's mine. There's no sweeter name we could possibly hope to be called. We praise you for the security of being in your family and embrace. We also praise you, God, for your honesty. You never promised that we wouldn't experience flood or torrents or fires or even flames, but you promised that you would be with us at all times. To know you are near and to know you are good is all that we really need. And God, for you, we will go anywhere. We will do anything. As long as we're certain you will never abandon, shame, or reject us in the gospel that you give us. God, we know that ourselves to be precious and honored in your sight and greatly loved only because you gave Jesus in exchange for us. And through Jesus rich, yet for our sakes, he became poor so that through his poverty, we may become rich. God, we don't need to be afraid of anyone or anything. You are with